Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Gagan Pod Match Day Podcast. All four quarterfinals of the Champions League are run and won. Plenty of drama over the last few days as well. Today we'll be discussing this morning's result, Leon through to the semi-finals, 3-1 winners over Manchester City. We'll talk about what it all means. We'll get some reaction from Mark Schwarzer, who is speaking to the players and hopefully the managers after the game too. And Jake Rosengarten, our journalist at Optusport, will join us shortly to discuss everything in the permutations heading into the semi-finals. We've also got Simon Hill and Michael Bridges in the studio with me. Hello, Michael Bridges. Hello, Richard Bayliss. What another... Unbelievable match of football we've just witnessed. Seems to be a theme. Uh, Simon, how are you? Well, you're lucky I'm still here and not just throwing myself off the nearest roof after what I've just witnessed. But anyway, yes, I'm okay. <laughs> this will be interesting to see at what point of the podcast you switch from being commentator to City fan. But let, let's see it unfold. It's gone. <laughs> once, once the final whistle blows, the commentator is over. Okay. <laughs> the uh, Spoken like a true professional. Bridgie, uh, what happened this morning? What happened? There was a... Oh, mate, where do, where do we start? I think I've got to... Simon can correct me if I'm wrong here and come in whenever he wants. I think Pep Guardiola got it wrong, Rich. And I think he got it wrong because he respected Leon in their system, that what the structure that they know, and he went and matched up like for like. City don't play like that. They don't know how to play like that. And it takes a hell of a manager to get your players to understand the roles and the responsibilities in that system in a week coming from a system, and then when they went back to City the way they liked to play, they had their back four, they had the freedom up front when uh, Mares came on, it looked like the City that excites me. I thought that Jesus looked lost because the numbers that were in there up front, ah, I, I'm blaming Pep and I'm blaming the tactics. I think the disrespect, sorry, the respect they showed Leon was disrespect to the players that he's got. I wonder, Simon, whether getting it tactically wrong then created a situation where players made mistakes. If you haven't seen the game yet, Leon went ahead in the first half uh, with a ball over the top. Nice finish from Maxwell Corner. He's fourth against City. City drew level through Kevin De Bruyne after the break. A nice finish as well. But then Moussa Dembele came on with a double. And seemingly both goals, uh, to really put the nail in the coffin, had defensive errors. One from Edison and one from potentially Eric Garcia. And, of course, Raheem Sterling with an awful miss as well. So it seemed like City players weren't necessarily at the races either. Yeah, look, I'd, I'd agree in large part with with both of your assessment. I think uh, Pep certainly got his, his tactics wrong. Um, he does tend to overthink things, particularly when it gets to the latter stages of the Champions League. He's done this before, you know, um, posted a weird selection. I seem to remember a couple of years back at Liverpool for the first leg and you know the tie was pretty much done within half an hour. Uh, similarly against Tottenham last year and it, it's happened again. It's it's almost like he his brain gets a bit scrambled because he's he's so close to this holy grail, not only for the club but for himself now. You know, it's been nine years since he's won the Champions League. So uh, he's got, I think he's got to take a large share of the blame. And we, you know, we were just talking off air and this is probably a 
it's probably hugely unfair and, and very contentious. But we were talking about you know the cycles of of coaches and uh, how you know. But, we, we pinpointed uh, Jose Mourinho, didn't we, specifically, and said at one point he was, you know, the manager everybody wanted to have. He was the coach. And he's no longer the coach. He's still a good coach, and he's won a lot of trophies, but he's no longer the man that everybody wants. Maybe we're sort of reaching that situation with Guardiola, even though he's won a lot of trophies, still winning trophies with Man City. But... You know, nine years without a Champions League, and he's been at Bayern Munich and Manchester City. He's had a lot of money to spend. He's had whatever he wants. He's not been able to do it. Maybe he's, you know, no longer the man. I don't know. Um, I think the players also have to take a little bit of the responsibility. You know, that they need to lift individually. They're good enough. Jesus, you mentioned Sterling, uh, De Bruyne. Um, even when they came on Maris, David Silva, okay, didn't have too long, but... You know, man for man, they had enough to defeat Leon. Rich, put him didn't. out of his misery quickly, will you, please? <laughs> <laughs> He's made me depressed. Oh, uh, look, I empathise completely. We've all been in that situation. Um, yeah. You know, I remember the heartbreak, Simon, of seeing Leeds lose uh, Champions League semi-final. Um, you'll get there to the semi-final at some point. We've been understand. there once. Ah, oh, that's right. You have been there once. Well, that's the thing. Three <laughs> years in the last five at the quarterfinal stage. As you mentioned, there does seem to be some kind of barrier, whether it's mentally. And I thought, really interestingly, Kevin De Bruyne's comments post-game where he said, different year, same old thing. So there's even a frustration, it appears, from the players. Before we get some more reaction from Jake Rosengarten to tell us sort of what the wash-up has been in the short period since uh, full-time, let's give Leon a bit of credit. Bridgie. Uh, you know, Memphis Depay was seemingly the only man. It was all about him. He scored in every Champions League game so far this season. Moussa Dembele comes on angry. He's, you know, publicly said he wasn't happy not to start against Juventus. Didn't start this morning either. Came on with two goals. The last time, and no English and no Spanish teams were in the semi finals, he wasn't even born. Well, there you go. And he came on with a hunger and a desire. And you've got to respect that as well because. Um, even when Depay got subbed off, I'm kind of looking at you in the studio going, it's a strange one. But I'm saying there's something, they, they took the fresh legs, um, the weary legs off, they put the fresh ones on, and a man that had a point to prove, he came on, he got two goals and walked away with a man of the match award. So credit to Leon. He, listen, it was a team performance. Uh, he got man of the match. I would have given it to every single one of them because they had a job to do. They looked fantastic. The lad that scored the goal corner, the, the work weight, and the offence and defence that he got was unbelievable. Yeah. The the opposite wing back, um, uh, Dubois. Dubois. Yep. Wow. The two of them, they they know their roles. They know their systems. except throw-ins. I thought Dubois. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Even when you know, Rudy Garcia, just to, just to go back to the coaches for a moment, Rudy Garcia has obviously done his homework and he's obviously got a system that he's planned for to play against Manchester City. Fascinating to see what he does against Bayern Munich. I know that's another conversation, but. Um, you know, he's a guy that they finished seventh in the league, <laughs> yeah. and they, a lot of the Leon fans want him out. They weren't happy with him, but he guided Marseille to the uh, Europa League final two years ago, and now he's he's knocked out both Juventus and Manchester City. You know, he's obviously got something. They were ter- they were terrific this morning. They fully deserved their win. Absolutely. Let's get some thoughts uh, from Jake Rosengarten, now Optus Sport journalist. Jake, uh, what's the initial reaction been uh, to this result? This morning, uh, given that absolutely everybody just about were tipping Manchester City to win. Yeah, good morning, boys. Firstly, thanks for having me on the pod. Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty similar to, uh, to to what Bridget's been saying. Basically, a lot of people are pretty pretty uh, pretty uh, can't really believe that Pep Guardiola's done it again. I mean, he has sort of had this uh, tendency to, to overthink things in the Champions League, as Simon was pointing out there. 
Uh, I mean, this morning it, it was just sort of baffling and people can't really understand why there was an adaptation from Manchester City to go to that back five. And I mean, you get knocked out of the Champions League with Bernardo Silva and Phil Foden, who was probably the best player against Real Madrid sitting on the bench. Mares and David Silva both substitutes and people can't really believe it. I thought it was fascinating to see, and any time they lose, you would expect it, but Guardiola down on his knees. Go back 12, 14, 15 months, whatever it was, against Tottenham last year in the Champions League. It was the exact same image, and once again, VAR had something to do with it. We don't want to linger too much on VAR, but it did seem to be potentially a, a turning point. Michael Bridges and John Aloisi on the coverage, Jake, thought that it should have been a free kick against Dembele before he scored the second goal. Uh, what's the consensus on that one? Well, it certainly seemed like uh, I'm Eric Laporte and, and Eric Garcia felt that way on the pitch. I mean, Guardiola himself was asked about it in his post game, and, and he sort of steered away from it. He steered clear. He said, I don't want to make excuses. I don't want to dwell on that. Uh, obviously, 90 minutes of a football game. I mean, I think it's a bit, it's a bit split. It sort of depends on uh, where your allegiances lie on that one. I mean, it could really have gone either way. Obviously, um, there was a, the double sort of a contentiousness on that one with uh, some thinking that it could have been offside against Toko Kambi. But yeah, obviously, with the uh, report they're going down, I mean, there's no real consensus on that, I wouldn't say. Well, I'm not even sure they check for the foul because we were getting the uh, you know the flashing up on the screen to say checking for offside. They certainly check for offside. Mm. I know that for a fact, but I don't think they actually looked at the, at the heel clip. And to be honest, I hadn't picked that up until uh, you you said it in the post game show that you thought that was a foul. Um, so it's it's an interesting one. But you know what? Again. I get tired of this. You know, the after-game discussion is always about, what What about the VAR decision for that? What about the referee should have done that? You've got 90-plus minutes to score goals and be better than the other team. It does not hinge on that one moment. And City did not lose because of that. Well, I'm just writing it's a... Actually, sorry, sorry it's guys. Funny. I'm just writing a note here. Um, wait up. Future Pods VAR band chat. <laughs> well, it, it is funny that. you mentioned that, though, Simon, because, I mean, there's actually been a lot of discussion this morning. Uh, Graham Balagay has put up a tweet sort of saying that everyone's going to blame Pep, but if you think about it, it's Sterling scores. If the VAR rules it out, if Edison doesn't drop the ball, yeah. City go if, through. If, 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 you know, if Mianti had you know what, she'd be my uncle. Um, <laughs> it, it, it makes no difference, does it? It's... That you're always going to get those contentious moments in football. My frustration with the game at the moment is that a lot of the post-game discussion comes down to just that. We don't talk about strikers who underperform or goalkeepers who fumble you know, balls when they should comfortably uh, catch them. We, we, we constantly blame referees and, and VAR, and I don't think that's uh, healthy for the game, and I don't think it's right either. And as I say, it's only my opinion, and you know that I'm a City fan, so I'm not biased um, uh, you know, against uh, uh, my team, but I, I thought that City were just not good enough today. What's they just did not perform. It's interesting you mentioned that miss of Sterling's there. Jake, I would imagine that he'll struggle to live that down himself, uh, let alone the reaction I'm sure he'll get, you know, in the UK press, you know, in Manchester, let alone on social media where just about anything could happen. That was awful. Well, it, it, it's funny. When you talk about this this exit in this City team at the moment, it comes with, it comes with a lot of caveats. Uh, it, it's hard to, to, to accuse Guardiola of things when he's the most uh, successful coach in the history of the Champions League knockout. Fans. It's hard to did things on Raheem Sterling. He scored a, a whole lot of goals this year and been one of their better players. I mean, he's, he ended up finishing with more goals than Mo Salah in the league. Uh, and I mean, so it'll obviously be hard for Raheem Sterling, but it's, uh, I mean, what, where, what do you do? Where do you hide? You, you can't. I mean, City are out. Sterling 
missed the chance. But I mean, it, the the, the, uh, the tie doesn't hinge on that one moment. I mean, the, the game doesn't hinge on that one moment. As Simon said, City were largely flat when it mattered most, and Guardiola arguably got it wrong. And if you wanted that ball to fall to anybody else inside the area at that moment in time on his right foot, I would have I would have picked out Sterling. And like you say, it, it, this is the harsh world of football in the reality. He's in that moment. He's had a great season. He skies it over the bar. There's no way you can hide. It's, it's broadcast all around the world. The only thing I feel from differently, I had a game against Aston Villa many years ago. I was having an absolute shocker. Southgate and Nekiog with the centre-halves. I couldn't get a touch of the ball. I'd skew with three or four shots, and I'm just feeling, thinking, get me off this park. I'm having a shocker. I could feel, you know when your number's coming. And the ball felt it was, I was one yard out and I thought, oh, this is my moment. And I put it over the bar <laughs> and I turned around and my number was up there. And then Ali was like, get him off. He's been shite all game. <laughs> the difference was still was actually having a magnificent game. And I really feel for him because that, I still think that could have turned the game around for you. You were back in the game at 2-2 there. You know, you're right, obviously. But I think here's, here's an interesting point as well. One of the back three today for Leon is Jason Denea. I thought he was very, very good. Former City player? Yeah, former City yeah. player. He never got a first-team appearance at Man City. you know. And it just goes to show that it doesn't necessarily always have to be the big stars that can have the biggest impact. But if City were missing anybody today in terms of their defensive organisation, it was a player like Denea. It was a Vincent Company style. It was a, uh, an organiser, a leader... And City don't have that at the moment. The, the defence has been largely, uh, or certainly the heart of defence, has been largely neglected over the last 12, 18 months. They let company go. Okay, that's fair enough. He's coming towards the end of his time, but they didn't replace him. And we have paid cash for that all season. Well, and you'll definitely pay cash for it now, <laughs> post-season, because whether it's Lots a cooler Bali or an upper Meccano, there'll be someone have to come in there, no doubt about it, to partner. You know, Ake, John Stones will probably go and there'll be some changes. Uh, Jake, just quickly, I suppose, on the whole picture of the quarterfinals, we were discussing it post-game. Uh, John Aloisi pointed out that the four teams that are the best rested, if you like, the two French sides that have barely played in five months and the Germans that had longer off, certainly relative to the Spaniards and the English sides, are the ones in the final four. Surely that has to have had some bearing on what we've seen over the past four days. Well, it's, it's actually difficult to argue otherwise, Rich. I mean, when you look at the dates and the way things have panned out, I mean, looking at it, the league one was obviously cancelled, so they didn't come back for, for a league season post-March when the coronavirus shut things down. Uh, the Bundesliga finished on the 27th of June. Um, the Premier League finished exactly a month later on the 27th of July. La Liga was slightly earlier than that, and Serie A finished the latest of all. And, I mean, there's four teams left. Two are from Germany, two are from France. I mean, what else can you say? There's got to be a pattern there, right? You would imagine so. <laughs> I mean, I'm calling you BS. I'm calling BS, Simon. Yeah, I, I'm not convinced <laughs> by it either, to be honest. I just think, again, you, you know, you've know, you ended up with the best four teams in the competition yeah. because they're the best four teams in the competition. I'm not sure that's... It, it might have paid, played a small percentage part, but I don't know. Two, two months ago, me and Johnny Ellis, who were having the same discussion, saying, and Swartz, who was in on it, saying... Oh, I think the French sides are going to struggle. They're not going to have many competitive games between now and the finals in the when now the Champions League starts again. <laughs> and now it's been a bonus. So, hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to eighty percent less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. We want it both ways, don't yeah. we? I, 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 this, you know, just to, to relate it back to the A-League for a moment, you know, the, the, the week off in the finals, is it a good thing to have or is it, if you win, it's a good thing to have. They had the rest of the day. If you lose, the, you know, they lost their momentum. Well, can you remember the come down from last year's <laughs> final? They we had a mi- in the Champions League. They had It was a two or three week window and we saw, was it um, Liverpool Spurs? Mm. That final was mm. absolutely honking compared to this. Well, would, it, would it change your mind if I, if I told you that this is, Literally the first time in history that there have been two French teams in the Champions League uh, semi-finals. No, nah, not at all. Best teams have got there. Yeah, keep They're trying. We'll have a chat. In the, we'll have a chat in the office, Jake. You've really enjoyed your company. I think you've done a fantastic. Well, I, g- I gave it a try. I gave it a crack. Boys. I gave it a crack for you. Podcast, yeah. mate. Thanks. Well, it's only Thanks the. you. <laughs> I think it's only the second time in about twenty-five years that a side that's finished lower than sixth domestically has gone through to the final four. You know, history. Everything was against form. Everything was against Leon going into it. But fair play to them. They got through. Uh, fair play to you as well, Jake. We appreciate your company. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks for having me, boys. Catch Cheers, you later. Top man. Always good to get the thoughts of uh, Jake Rosengarten, who is across literally everything. I kid you not. He never sleeps. Uh, we'll get Mark Schwartzer on very shortly because uh, he's. Still at the stadium as we're recording this. He's uh, speaking to a few players and managers, trying to get the reaction uh, to what was another extraordinary morning in the Champions League. Just very briefly, guys, we're going to divert for a quick moment from the Champions League and just get a quick word on tomorrow morning's semi-final starting in the Europa League because I I think this was mentioned off-air, Simon. Uh, I'm not sure if you've verbaled this publicly, but the prospect of a Manchester United <laughs> playing in a oh, thanks, European Rich. final. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've really thrown me under the bus this Sorry. morning. City lose and you're talking about United being in the European <laughs> final. Thanks for that, mate. You threw me not under ideal. the bus as well because I said I'd like to see United get there. And yeah, you said, Bridgie, you played for Leeds and I'm going to tell everybody. I was like, what? You can't. You, you can't. can't. Win. Listen... Again, to turn this into a Leeds podcast, Leeds hate the colour red so much. The word is the McDonald's across the road from the Ellen Road is the only Maccas in the world that doesn't have red outside it. (laughs) So if you say you want Manchester United to reach the final as a former Leeds player, you need to wear the consequences. I've got to be impartial as my analysis head. Okay, I don't really good. want them to. Well, th- this should be a fascinating one, though, because to that point that we spoke about with English sides maybe running out of legs, both Wolves and United have looked maybe not quite at their sharp selves at the latter stage of the Europa League in Sevilla, a specialist Bridgie, and, you know, they look in good touch. How do you see this one going? It's going to be a very tight affair. You look at Sevilla when they didn't allow Wolves to get a get a goal. Uh, the clean sheet before that, I think they've had three clean sheets, and they went through on the away goal, 1-1. They look super strong defensively. I like them. They've got history in the competition. They know how to win it. They've been then done it. I know it was under Unai Emery. And United have got, obviously, when they won it with Jose. So I think this is going to be a very tight affair. And I'm going to go for the English club, Rich. I've got to. I'm sorry. I know you're going to hate me for saying it. I want United to get to the final. And I think they will meet Inter Milan because everybody was complimenting um, Shakhtar this morning. I think they've had an easy run. I think they've got an easy run to the finals. They've looked at the ties. Inter will get it, and I think Inter will do United in the final. Well, that would be the story that would uh, probably make the Europa League and also make Simon Hill feel a lot better. If Romelu Lukaku pops up with the winner for Antonio Conte's Inter, having come from United, then uh, that would probably be the story. And it's it's kind of set up for that, provided, of course, Inter get through Shakhtar. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I, I think they will. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I'd, you know, Lukaku against Manchester United would make for a very juicy story, wouldn't it, in the final? Um, also interesting to see if Lataro Martinez can actually um, break his recent duck in the Europa League because he's, he's he struggled to score goals and he's attracting some huge interest for some you know big clubs uh, across Europe. I think Real Madrid in particular are keen on him. So, yep, interesting. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be tipping Inter to go through and. Probably to to meet United in the final. <laughs> that was hard to say. It's uh, it's been fascinating. My um slight diversion. My barber Alessandro, great man, season ticket holder at Inter. He uh he's not convinced by Ericsson, Sanchez, Lukaku, and Martinez are great up front, but doesn't necessarily think under Conte it's uh, worked yet. That will definitely get the fans over if they can win a trophy in his first season in charge. Anyway, moving back to the Champions League from this morning, let's get the thoughts of Mark Schwarzer, who has been uh, inside the stadium in Lisbon getting some reaction for us. Uh, first of all, Schwartzy, where are you and uh, what has the reaction been like post-game? Um, well, I'm, I'm back at my hotel now um, and the reaction, well, I, I think just a bit of, bit of shock, really. I think uh, obviously shock and also the fairy tale continues really early on. I mean... I think they thoroughly deserved it. I think afterwards it was more about the way that uh, Manchester City played or didn't play. It didn't really turn up. They looked flat. They looked off the pace. Whereas Leon, I thought they thoroughly deserved it. Maybe got a rub of the green with potentially you know, the second goal, getting away of maybe a flat foul just before it. But overall, I think uh, Leon were worthy winners. Schwartzy, Simon here. As a City fan, obviously hugely disappointed. Throw me a bone, mate. Give me a crumb of comfort. Tell me everything's going to be okay. Uh, gosh, is it going to be okay? Yeah, you would think so. I did I did speak to Kevin De Bruyne after the game and he was very deflated. Yeah, he was very disappointed and he, he was literally, you know, he was scratching his head as to why they, they played like they did, they performed like they did. You know, he said, we've got a very good team, but... It's not good enough, you know. We need to we need to do better. Uh, we need to work out why we're not doing better. Um, very very disappointed. I, I don't think he can still believe it. Um, but you know, fair play when he came out in front of the media. Um, he was uh, him and uh, Eric Garcia were the only two city players that did so. Um, and obviously the manager came out, Pep Guardiola. He looked he looked. Uh, I mean. Bitterly disappointed, of course, um, and in front of the media and and. Uh, um, again, fair play to him, and, and I think it's really picking up the pieces and, and going back to the drawing board for City. I think they're going to need some changes, and they're going to need to bring new personnel in. Schwartz, do you think? I'm not suggesting that City for a moment uh, replace Pep Guardiola, but uh, he's overthought this Champions League. I think, in the view of many City fans, probably for the last two or three seasons, chopping and changing his team around. Why is he consistently getting this wrong at this stage of the competition when everybody clearly, you know, thinks he's one of the top managers in the world? Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Um, yeah, we, we said it before the game as well. Why do you go with a back three? You know, why do you play Fernandinho on the back game? Um, I, I personally believe Fernandinho is a big loss not playing in that holding midfield role. Um, why does he do it? That's a really interesting question. Um, I know sometimes they, I think they... They believe themselves that they're, they're, they're such a tactical genius that they take it always a step too far. Maybe they try and do something that they can, after the game, you know, hang their hat on and say, look, look, look what I can do. You know, this is how I did it. I was a tactical genius. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's what they they get an extra thrill out of, you know, being told how, how wonderful they were uh, tactically. I, I don't know. In the city side, bitterly disappointing. You know, when you look at 
their players. You look at the stars. Uh, I thought also tactically in terms of the substitutions weren't particularly great. Um, you know, I was surprised that Bernardo Silva did come on. Um, but then there was also that turning point, you know, Raheem Sterling missing the open goal. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a game changer, as it turned out to be. Swartzy, I'm going to go to the other game changer in your department, in your manner of what you did for so many years. I'm not saying you made the mistakes he did, but Edison, talk us through what no, happened I did. There. I've done that as well. I've done that as well, mate. I've made those mistakes as well. So I can, I've got sympathy for him, you know. Obviously switching off a little bit, you know. It was a very, very simple, simple save the first one. You know, he's, he's obviously holding his own up that he's, that he's made a mistake. Um, simple tapping for Dembele. Um, yeah, listen, it's one of those things. You you, 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 you replicate that shot another hundred times, he probably catches the ball 99 times out of 100. And it's that one time that, it, that he drops it. Um, yeah, bitterly disappointing. I felt for him. And these sort of things do happen every hour. And let's be honest, Edison has been, been superb since he's been at Manchester City. Unfortunately, you know, at a time when when they really couldn't afford it, um, but it did probably much pretty much just seal the loss um, that, that that final mistake. The consensus, uh, Mark, at the conclusion of our coverage today from both John Aloisi and Michael Bridges was that as good as Bayern Munich are, they probably actually would have preferred to have played Manchester City, certainly on the evidence of this morning. Having seen them both and having got a, a sense for it over the past week in Lisbon, what hope do you give Leon after this morning's game that they can get past Bayern? Well, what I'd be also interested in is I posed the question to you guys in the studio before the game. You know, would, would it be a bigger upset? You know, would it be a bigger accomplishment had Leon beaten Man City so the question is, is is it I mean for me for me like oh, I think it has to be a bigger accomplishment it's another another feather another another scalp for them um, and it's huge Bayern Munich don't care who they're playing against for me they don't care they're that confident they're, they're, they're that uh, that much full of self-belief they're, they're going to they're gonna take on anyone they, they can take on and I think they'll be delighted to be playing Leon perfectly honest because Manchester City on their day would have given them a proper a proper going to but I think Still, Bayern would have been too good. But interestingly, so what? What are your thoughts? Is it a bigger, bigger scalp than than Juve? Schwartzy, I tell you one thing: you don't think Bayern Munich will change their lineup or their tactics to play Leon, will they? No, they won't. No, not at all. No, that, that's, that's the one thing they certainly it? won't do. Um, it is. It is. You know, they, they believe in their system. They believe in their their personnel. Um, but the question will be whether they try and play as high a line as they did. Um, against Barca. They, they got caught out a couple of times. Barca probably should have punished them. Um, that, that's a big question for me. I was surprised at how high they were trying to play. Um, you know, maybe with Leon, with the pace that they have up front, maybe they'll be thinking uh, twice about playing such a high line. But you look at it and you go, well, Afonso Davies, uh, Alaba, um, Boateng's no slouch. They're also incredible athletes and quick enough to, to get back. And I think that's what they rely on a lot. Yeah, I'm just going to correct you there, Mark. It's not DePace up front for Leon, it's Depay. But I understand that you can somehow <laughs> sometimes get the pronunciations wrong. Uh, we probably should let you crack on because it and sounds like... drink. Yes, well, I'm not so sure about that, Mark, because uh, I've seen the Optusport Instagram over the past 12 hours. We gave you the keys to it. We said, give us some behind-the-scenes you know, access. Give us a look at what's happening in, in Lisbon and isn't happening. And apparently all that is happening is you are eating well and having plenty of cerveza, Michael Bridges. It's out of control. It is. It's terrible. But I saw a really good tweet, Swartzy. I'm not sure if they tagged you in on it, but I am going to tag you in on it. They've been seeing and watching what you've been doing, and the comment was, he's here, he's there, he's losing. Losing all his hair, Mark Swartz. I thought it was brilliant. Do you want to enjoy your beer and your wine, mate? 
<laughs> and I'm going to cry over losing my hair now, but don't care. Done it. That's been going for a long, long we time. Love you. We love you. What uh, What's happening the next couple of days, Mark? Because obviously a couple of rest days. While our attention here uh, it turns to the Europa League with those games in Germany, you'll be staying in Lisbon, I assume. What's on the agenda for you? Well, we're gonna. I'm going to get together with uh, uh, Adriano Del Monte, sit down and probably have a glass or two of red wine or maybe a couple more and watch the United game, of course. So uh, I've got a reservation already at the, at the, uh, the restaurant, got the place picked and uh, looking forward to the rest of the day probably, you know, have a bit of a rest. Uh, we've been uh, on the go quite a bit and particularly lunch. Lunch has been very tiring every day, I have to say. Look, for the for the listeners out there who uh, do subscribe or maybe want to subscribe to our social channels, go and see one of Australia's best ever footballers, one of the uh, most capped Premier League footballers ever, uh, drunk, making an absolute fool of himself uh, on the streets of Lisbon over the next few days with no games. So, uh, Mark, we uh, we too look forward to seeing that. We appreciate your company. We'll uh, we'll speak soon, mate. Thanks, guys. Can't wait. <laughs> well deserved. Yeah, it is well deserved. He's. Uh, it's been interesting actually for us uh, as Optus Sport to have Mark over there the last few days because of the protocols in place, and even when you have access, it's you know it's pretty limited. You know, he's been right up there, uh, up the top of the stands. I don't know if that's purely from social distancing or just for the fact that people don't really want to hang out with him. But either way, you know, he's uh, he's done a good job. But Bridgie, we need to wrap it up, I suppose. Uh, looking ahead, just very briefly, we've touched on. Obviously, Bayern Munich and Leon, but the other one as well is the first game to come on Wednesday morning at Leipzig and PSG. Most people pretty adamant uh, on the panel that uh, PSG will somehow get it done. I'm not so sure. I'll tell you what, I am not so sure neither, Rich. They're full of energy. The pressing game that we've become accustomed to with German coaches now, how they try and nullify space and press teams. It's going to be a classic game. I'm really looking forward to seeing this. And the one standout for me for PSG in the last match, uh, I think it was Swartzy that actually didn't agree, was Neymar. He was looking absolutely superb. He was <laughs> instrumental in everything they did. So Swartzy, you got that horribly wrong. He got it so wrong. But there's not many things he does get wrong, Rich. We'll give him credit for that. But I'm just looking forward to this game because it's going to be entertaining. We're not going to see the team sit back and defend, put it that way, and get numbers behind the ball. Not that there's anything wrong with that because it's got Leon a result against Manchester City. Well, it's uh, all right if you're being defensively minded and you score three goals. It shows that tactically you know exactly what you're doing. Rudy Garcia, the man this morning, as Leon went through to the final four. The semis are almost upon us in the Champions League, but before we get there, we've got them in the Europa League, and they'll be live on Optusport over the next couple of mornings. A reminder to subscribe to our social channels and see all that behind-the-scenes stuff that we talk about, plus all the highlights and everything you get. And if you want to jump on the Optusport app, I guarantee you it will be worth it because the festival of European football at the moment just keeps on coming. Uh, Simon Hill and Michael Bridges, thanks very much uh, for your company. Thanks, too, to Jake Rosengarten and Mark Schwarzer. A few guys out there, it's been a pleasure to have you on today. We'll be back next time, of course, but between now and then, enjoy your football. We'll